Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Eddie Jackson posts that points towards his time in Chicago may be coming towards the end. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about Cole Komet playing apparently with a fractured forearm. All that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host there, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform that we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content for today, guys. So Eddie Jackson had posts on social media, uh, you know, and I hate going to that. I hate that this is what kind of what in, in some ways that like sports uh, journalism has become, right? Is that you have to watch everybody's social media to kind of get little ins and outs on things and things that may be happening. But sometimes it does lead to, to legitimate things that, that have been said there. So uh, basically, Eddie Jackson posted his Instagram story, Farewell to Chicago. And then, he, you know, he t- also on Twitter, he posted to things changing. So uh, those have now led to speculation that Eddie Jackson has probably been informed by the Chicago Bears that he will not be returning to the team next season. Now, there's a lot to be said. You know, we've kind of all talked about the possibility of that. I personally did think that there's there was a chance that maybe Eddie Jackson does come back and they still draft maybe his replacement, let him play out the final year of his contract. But after him posting to Twitter saying new beginnings, that went down uh, earlier today, actually. That was late last night, right after midnight. And then also pointing all love Chi-Town. So it, it's pointing to that. And this is may just come down to a business decision when it comes down to it. Uh, Eddie Jackson was always a candidate to be cut by the Chicago Bears. When you look at the size of his contract and how much they could cut by saving him, him and Cody White here as well. They they were two likely options to be let go in the offseason. When you look at Eddie Jackson, right, uh, he is uh, set to make $18 million if the team does keep him. If they cut him, they can save between $12 and $13 million. Also, with Cody White here, uh, Cody White here can uh, make $13 million, and if we cut him, we can save between $9 and $10 million. Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair are always going to be candidates to be cut by the Chicago Bears, depending on what the Bears feel like they can really do in the offseason at those positions. Cody Whitehair is all likely gone, and that actually adds quite a bit of cap space. You're talking about cutting these two players and adding upwards of $20 million back to your cap space to go after other players. And with the Bears having so many positions of need that they still need to go after, they may look for veterans to come in and be able to shore some of those guys up. Just keep in mind, you cut Eddie Jackson, you cut Cody Whitehair, that can get you Chris Jones. That can get you Chris Jones theoretically, right? I'm not saying that that's what the Bears are going to do, but Eddie Jackson, who has shown that when he's healthy, is still a solid enough player, right? He showed that in the second half of 2022. He showed that at times in the 2023 season. But the biggest question about Eddie Jackson is just that, his ability to stay on the football field for your team and remain healthy. And it's not like even when he's on the football field, there aren't still questions there. It's just he's solid when he does play and when he is healthy. So the Bears may be looking at that, reviewing what they really think they can get in the draft or maybe who they think they can get in free agency and feel like they can upgrade that safety position 
maybe go younger to fit with the yes the, the the rest of that young secondary and and that may be now there is potentially that maybe they restructure Eddie Jackson's contract that's another opportunity if they do you know maybe want to have him a couple more years while whoever they bring in if they do draft a safety uh it can they can develop them but all signs now are pointing towards Eddie Jackson's time with the Chicago Bears is coming to an end and this this you know it was always speculated and this may be one of the things that is decided early in free agency for the Chicago Bears where we see both him and Cody White here cut by the team. Now, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, let me know what you guys think with Eddie Jackson posting the things that we said, uh, the, the the cap savings that cutting him and potentially Cody Whitehair could bring to the team. Do you think that, it, that it's all signs are pointing to Eddie Jackson being done with the Chicago Bears? Let me know what you guys think on all that down below. Now, I said we got to talk a little bit about Cole Komet as well, and I want to get into that because Cole Komet, unfortunately, um, it looks like Kokomet actually broke his forearm in the final game against the Green Bay Packers and kept playing through it all. And keep in mind, this is a guy who also had a knee injury at point uh, in, during the final month of the season, basically, and he had a fractured forearm. And over his four-year career, Kokomet has yet to miss a game. That's how tough the, the guy of Kokomet is. Coming off a career year to Kokomet, um, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers game, there's a lot left to be desired from the team as a whole there. But hearing that Cole Komet played after already, you know, injuring the knee, not missing any games, then, uh, you know, fracturing the forearm, breaking his forearm in a game that you then still play through, that's crazy. And I know the adrenaline has a thing to do with that. Not to compare myself to any NFL players. I actually broke my wrist playing football in high school. And I think it was broke for three days before I realized it. Um, and But, again, that's not, uh, that's not nearly comparative to, A, breaking your forearm which is a much larger bone anyway, that's crazy to say that Cole Komet did that. He's just a tough son of a bitch. That's just really what it boils down to. Cole Komet is just a tough son of a bitch, man. And you got to love him, bro. Like, that's Chicago Bears football. That is Chicago Bears football. In an era that we live in where a lot of things have become soft, that Cole Komet ain't that. Shout out to the Notre Dame prospect and Cole Komet. I'm so happy Cole Komet is part of my team. I just really am. I love it. I know last season a lot of people were, like, doubtful of Cole Komet. Not everyone. I think more Bears fans than not were pretty favorable as far as Cole Komet signing a long-term extension with the Chicago Bears. But for those doubters, I hope that he really proved and silenced a lot of those doubters. Cole Komet is a monster. And I love that he's going to be on this team. He's going to be a really good target for quarterbacks and, and things like that, whoever the quarterback ends up being for the Chicago Bears next season. And that's just what it boils down to. But with that said, it is Friday, so that means it is mailbag day. We're going to go ahead and get to this first voicemail. This one's from Ruben. What's up, hey, CW and Bob? This is Ruben calling from Indiana. Yeah, I just wanted to call in, man, and just rant a little bit. Now, everyone's uh, talking about Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields here, and but to me, it's Caleb Williams versus Marvin Harrison Jr. Because if you use that number one pick on Caleb, you can say goodbye to Marvin Harrison Jr. To me, if there was a generational player in this year's draft, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. That's just my take. We should have been 10 and 7 and in the playoffs instead of 7 and 10. This way, we wouldn't even be having this debate at quarterback. Justin did nothing wrong. It was the coaching. Own up to it. They blew three games. Take accountability. Shy town up and bear down. Peru, Indiana. Caleb Williams versus Marvin Harrison Jr. You are, I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. I've been saying that for a while. Marvin Harrison Jr., to me, is the only true generational prospect in this draft. And you have to not only weigh that, but you're weighing then also the potential 
the, the the deal you're getting back for the number one overall pick if you trade down to two or three and still get your guy Marvin Harrison Jr. and get then get that awesome return for the number one overall pick as well. So you know that that again, I understand. I I, I always say that I like to talk about things from both sides. I understand why the car, the quarterback situation and the, and the comments and the questions are there. But uh, it comes down to Marvin Harrison Jr. He's absolutely he's he's a monster. He, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a monster. I know people try to look at the stats and try to compare him to neighbors and think that they're not that far off. There's a huge difference, a huge gap between Marvin Harrison Jr. and any other wide receiver in this draft. But that's not to say those other wide receivers aren't amazing wide receivers as well. This is Marvin Harrison Jr. is the generational talent in this draft. And we got to see if, if that part plays a part into Ryan Poles and Kevin Warrens and their evaluation of what they're going to do with the number one overall pick. We'll end up seeing that. Could it be a possibility that they end up with both? No. I, I don't think that that would be one of the ultimate amazing trades in, in, in NFL history. But I think when it comes down to it, to me, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the only true generational prospect in this draft. Now, there still are questions around that, right? When you look at the history of wide receivers being drafted number one overall, which we're not saying that the Bears should do, still try to trade down and get some assets back, but it doesn't really fare well, right? It's not super favorable. So, you know, those things play a part in it as well. But I, I, like I said, I keep going back to when most NFL analysts and draft analysts aren't using the term generational for Kayla Williams. That's a national media thing, not necessarily NFL analyst thing, people who just their job is to analyze the draft they they uh, there's not a lot of people calling Caleb Williams generational. they are saying that he has the potential to be but they aren't necessarily calling him generational Marvin Harrison Jr. is the generational talent in this draft for me but hey we'll see what the Bears end up doing all right let's get into the next voicemail this one's from Dion. Dion Allen from um out, from Chicago I'm calling out of Decatur Illinois and uh I just want to say man I'm sitting here watching YouTube and ESPN highlights talking about Justin Bills can be a MVP on a different team. But then you watch the same channel and they're saying that uh, he's not even worth a first-round pick. He's, if you trade him, you got to get a second round. They're trying, like I said in my last call, man, they try to finesse a whole city of finesses. they downplaying his value to get him for the low. Man, look here. Chicago Bears fans, we got to appreciate what we got. We got a dynamic starting-level quarterback. Why don't we just build a team around him? Something we never did. Something I haven't seen since the '85 season. Um, and it can't be done because the the offensive the offensive staff we have now is the best staff I've seen since the uh since the early '90s. I mean, well, I think we had Nerf uh, Turner back then, who became a head coach in the NFL. I could be wrong on that, but um, yeah, man, we got to stop listening to the national media with this whole. Caleb Williams is better. I mean, all the sidearm throws, Justin Bills can do that too. And then, they, and then what the measurements of Caleb Williams? What is he, 6'1 or 5'11? I mean, come on. The same people that saying we need Caleb Williams is the same people that said we should have uh, got Bryce Young. Like, in the words of Boosie, come on, man. I mean, we got to stop listening to this. We got to stop listening to this. Stop, 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 you know what I'm saying? Acknowledging the BS. Justin Fields is our starting quarterback. He should be our starting quarterback for the next 10 years, as long as he want to play in the NFL. The man is dynamic. He's smart. Yeah, he holds the ball too long, but haven't you seen Kayla Williams? He does the same thing. The man looks like Johnny, a taller, darker-skinned Johnny Menzel. On that note, Chicago up bear down. 
media downplaying Justin Fields. Listen, I've said it before. The national media conversation around the Chicago Bears and the QB situation is just that. It's something that they know is going to be a topic of conversation, not just for Bears fans, but for the NFL as a whole. When you have the number one overall pick and you're trading either that or a player in Justin Fields that, uh, per the reports that we hear, a lot of teams still are very high on the potential of Justin Fields and do look at it similar to me, right, in saying that, hey, this guy with a better offensive staff, with some better coaching, with some better weapons, we think that we can really get this guy where he needs to be. That's the fact of how a lot of NFL teams are seeing this reportedly, right? Take all that with a grain of salt. And so that's why I view it the way that I do, and I do think the national media, to a degree, is playing not only Bears fans against each other, but just the story. They're playing the story. They don't care about the Bears. They don't care about Justin Fields. They don't really care about Kayla Williams. They care about the story that's going to get them attention to their product and that that they know is going to get fans from teams and the Chicago Bears just around the NFL get clicking on it. Everybody is watching how this scenario goes down. Everybody is. It's because it involves the number one overall. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I'll pick, and to your point, had the Bears performed a little bit better at certain times, uh, we may not even be having that conversation. Or if the Let's say the Carolina Panthers pick ended up falling at number four or something. I don't think a lot of people will be having that conversation, but you know, this is where we are. This is what Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren have to evaluate, and we'll see where it falls after that. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Dewan. Hey, Cognac boys, this your boy, Dewan. I was calling in. You know, I'm not on here to talk about Justin Fields and Taylor Williams no more. I'm not trying to push that narrative anymore or chime into it anymore. My question is, with your, if you traded the you know, pick, we're going to say the first round. The first round go the way you want it to go. What picks do you feel if we have a second round pick from trading? What day two picks and late first, first day one picks do you think would be good to fill out the roster for the Bears? With the day three picks, do you find, you know, some potential starters like you did with Braxton Jones in different positions? Or do you build with depth and go into free agency and find, find some uh, veterans to fill in? Because the way I'm looking at it, like, we have a, we have a few holes we need to fill. We need some quality backups, which we develop some backups, you know, in certain certain positions as far as, you know, you know the cornerback, you know, the DBs. They, we, I think we're strong right there where we don't need to keep adding. But if we do add and replace Eddie Jackson or to bring somebody to, you know, groom up to him, who would you think would be a good backup? From the draft and free agency, if we get Mar- Marvin Harrison in the first round, if. We get him in the first round. Would you still go get another receiver, you know, like a, a late pick to develop, you know, or or do you just stay content with, with the uh, receiver room you got once you have Marvin Harris? Um, my other question is, you know, do you all look into, you know, any, you know, college players y'all feel? Basically, basically what I'm saying is, do y'all do mock drafts? Do y'all do any, like, mock drafts or anything? I don't know. I haven't, uh, you know, heard you all say anything about it or not. But I ain't asking y'all to do one. I was going to ask if y'all did one. Who will be some, you know, some nice three techniques if we don't get one in the first or second round? Who will be some nice three techniques we can develop, you know, to bring along and some defensive ends? Because 
I think we're going to go, in my opinion, I think we're going to go offensive crazy in the draft and do the defense late, late rounds, unless there's somebody that's upset that we need to grab. But I'm just calling in to see, you know, what would you do with the uh, day, late day one picks and day two picks and day three picks if you was the Bears to fill out the roster. Shot town up, bear down. Day two or three picks. So it's hard to kind of give that answer yet. I think when free agency happens, it'll make that clear. And, of course, whatever we do with the number one overall pick will make that clear. But I think overall depth, right, is what you're looking for and a center. Day two or three, you should be able to get your starting level center, at least your center of the future in days two or three. I definitely think that's that's a possibility. But outside of that, you're looking for definitely depth. You're looking for diamonds in the rough. Hell, look at some players that we did get in days two and three that ended up being starters for the Chicago Bears, right? So there's that potential. Look, Roshan Johnson was a day, what, three pick? Um, so there's there's that p- potential is always there to still find quality players. And I think that's what it comes down to. I think if the Bears go safety, that may ha- happen on day two or three. Center's going to happen day two or three potentially. Um, you know that those I mean, uh, there's some wide receivers in day two or three that can absolutely help as well. If the Bears spend money in other positions and even want to find a slot wide out in that. So there are a lot of players that are slated to go in day two or three that can really help the Bears at positions of need for the team as well. The bigger question just uh, falls then at on what's going to happen. But the safety that I'm looking for, specifically that's probably going to be day two, Jaden Hicks. I am looking for Jaden Hicks, uh, for him to be drafted by the Chicago Bears, probably around that uh, that, that, that round three area is where the Bears would draft him at. Jaden Hicks, to me, is a guy that you can absolutely look on to be somebody that can replace Eddie Jackson. That's my personal opinion. Um, so that, there's still interior Offensive linemen as well there. There's some quarterbacks, cornerbacks in there as well that the Bears can draft. So there's a lot of quality players in day two or three that I think the Bears can really uh, get and take and take advantage of. So we'll see what happens with that. But great question, great question. A lot. I said that on like, a what was that, an episode or two ago. Like, even me just talking about the number nine overall pick, most of the conversation has been around the number one pick. It's like, hey, we got so many other picks we need to start talking about. But I'll ramp up draft coverage as we get towards about halfway through free agency, maybe a little bit before that, that's when I'll start ramping up the draft coverage. So thank you for that, uh, Dewan. Let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Camp. Hey, what's happening, fellas? Bobby, C-Dub, and Drip. I still need to know where you get your gear from. But this is Camp from uh, Arizona again. I got another. Well, I don't I don't know if it's a Caleb versus Justin question or comment, but it's, it's, it's similar. I, but I just, I'm just, I just need a little bit of help here. Now, I've seen every one of Caleb Williams' games this year. Before I moved to Arizona, I was in the Chicago area. I saw all of Justin Fields' games. Now, what I'm not understanding is how he's so much better. People are saying he, he he's an upgrade, this and that. And I feel that Justin Fields can make every throw that Caleb Williams can make. So I'm just curious, man. What what are people seeing that I'm not seeing? Like I said, I, I watched I'm not taking down stats or writing down. Or, I'm not doing none of that shit, but I do watch the games closely, and I'm just not seeing this gigantic jump between Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. I see a, a, a slightly bigger Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray is a good player, but there's no big generational shit they've been saying about Kyler Murray. So I, I'm just curious about that. What What is people seeing that I'm not seeing? I, because I, I'm not seeing it. People give Caleb the excuse that he didn't have a team and that he didn't have his defense wasn't good and his off line, offensive line wasn't that good. The exact same things that Justin Field was dealing with for the last two years. Not to mention 
three different coordinators, two different coaches, and the last coordinator changed everything about him that made him who he was with, from his throwing motion to his footwork. I understand throwing motion, but changing his footwork, I don't understand. But that's, that's, that's all I, I got to say. I'm just curious about that. Shot time up. Bad Iron, love y'all content. I was here in Arizona cracking up with y'all when y'all was talking about the Shane Waldron hire and Devin Hester going to the hall. Y'all was having big fun. And I love the content. Peace. Where do I get my drip? So I mainly three places, right? It is New Era, Lids, uh, well, Fanatics, basically. Fanatics has a website. Fanatics, Pro Standard, I get some stuff from. Uh, Culture Kings, I get some stuff from. And uh, that's that's mainly the places I get it from. Now, I'll pick up little odds and end pieces, uh, other places that I'll see, like, because at this point, Bears drip is in my, Bears and Bulls drip is in my, in my algorithm, so I'll get, like, promotions for it. And if I see something cool, I'll nab it up. But that's the main place. Fanatics is probably the main place where I get stuff. And then Pro Standard, probably close second after that. But as far as your other question, what are people seeing in Caleb Williams? Here's what I'll say. Caleb Williams has a cannon for arm. Like, it's not, I don't want to deny that you don't have to put down Caleb Williams because you're a Justin Fields supporter. You don't have to put down Justin Fields because you're a Caleb Williams supporter. There are pluses and minuses to both quarterbacks. I just think when it comes down to it that there's there's problems with Caleb's or problems with every player. That's just period. Every player has their own shortcomings. The thing, ultimately, people see the potential in Caleb. And that potential is always at its brightest when you're coming out of college. And so that potential people are either feel stronger or weaker about that five games into the, his first NFL season. It, it just kind of is what it is there. But Caleb has that arm. He has that talent. Um, you know, not not necessarily a running quarterback per se, but he can make plays with his legs as well. Um, he's a smart guy, smart quarterback as well. There's there's things to see in him. But when you talk about that comparison with Justin Fields, like I, me, C-Dub, and Bobby broke down on a separate video, There, the, a lot of the, the shortcomings Justin Fields has, Caleb has those same ones. They are just not as highlighted, A, because a lot of these Bears fans that are, are just going off what the national media is saying about Caleb Williams haven't watched a lot of games. But then on top of that, it's the competition level that he's played against in that Pac-10. Those defenses aren't nearly as good, and some of that is going to be exposed more at the NFL level. And that's for every rookie, right? Every rookie gets exposed a little bit more when you're playing against the best of the best in the NFL. You just got to ask yourself, is uh, is is the 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 – Negatives that you see in Caleb Williams are those ones that you could think that you can trust that he's going to overcome more than you think Justin Fields is going to overcome his shortcomings. And that's what Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren really have to evaluate over this time. So that's my thought process. Great voicemail there. Let's get into this last voicemail for today. This one's from Richard. Hello, Hayes, Bobby, C-Dub. This is Richard. I'm glad to see the guys that got into the Hall of Fame, especially Nick Michaels. But my reason for really calling is because, you know, people are talk, talk about the Bears. And everybody's worried about the quarterback and all this other stuff. You know, my, I've been a Bears fans for over 65 years. And I can remember when the people, teams came into play Chicago, they were scared to come into Chicago because they knew they were going to get their asses kicked no matter what. It was going to be a street fight. And if we lost, we still felt proud of the Bears because we knew they put it all on the field for everybody to see. And nowadays, I don't see that. I see a bunch of pussies out there half the time, you know? I want to see a Bears team that's going to kick ass and take no prisoners. And I think Ryan Poles is putting one together. I I see it coming. And I can see the days coming when we're going to have a Bears team that people are going to be scared to come and play and that Virginia Heskey and Papa Bear is going to be proud of that's going to go kicking ass. And I can call my buddy up in Green Bay and I can tell him your team's going to get their ass kicked today. That's what we need to have in Chicago. 
We don't need to be talking about who's going to be quarterback and everything. Trust Ryan Poles, he's going to get the job done, and we're going to have a team that's going to kick ass, and people are going to be scared of. That's my what I got to say today. Bye. And bear down. And I wanted to end the show on this voicemail because I agree with you. Ryan Poles is putting together a team that we are going to be proud of. He is putting together a team that is going to be deep. He's putting together a team with fighters, with grit, with edge. He went out and got the coaching staff to help that offense. You know, Matt Eberfuss is fine as a defensive coach, and even in bringing in Eric Washington, really good people uh, who who players respond to and like. So I think that we, we are close to putting together a playoff team. I do think that that expectation of the Bears being a playoff team next year is legit. I think that even regardless of what happens with the quarterback, because of the team around it, the team around it is so much different and has improved so much that there's there's reason to think that this team can be a playoff team, even if they do go rookie quarterback, even if Justin Fields stays the quarterback. And, you know, we got to see that all come together on the field. But yeah, I love what Ryan Poles is doing. He's a very smart guy. He's playing chess. Uh, and he just he, he understands how to build a team with purpose. And that's not something that we've always had here is that direction here as Chicago Bears fans. So that's what a lot of people appreciate. Great voicemail from Richard. Great way to end the show. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bears Central. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Central at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, Chi Town Up, but bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.